Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Making Learning Special podcast, where we discuss everything from parenting tips and strategies to early childhood development, all the way to the realities of parenthood. I'm your host, Madonna Laza-Smith. And with me, usually I say, is my co-host and husband, Zach Smith. But today we have a special guest and one of my good friends, Renata Treving. Hi, Renata. Hi, how's it going? Good. So before um, we start our chat, I want to tell you guys a little bit about Renata. So Renata is an intuitive nutrition coach, global speaker, speaker, of course, I can't speak today, (laughs) global speaker, author, wife and a mom of three beautiful kids her mission is to empower women to nourish their bodies by understanding foods that work best for them how these foods impact their energy and redefining their relationship with food and their bodies she enjoys creating good for you recipes that also taste delicious and that the whole family will love and enjoy and i've tried them so definitely definitely from getting or from gaining energy to balancing hormones and losing weight renata's unique and personalized intuitive nutrition coaching has helped numerous clients and wonderful women achieve not only tangible physical results but also um, heal their relationship with food and body image and create healthy and sustainable habits for the rest of their lives. So she is awesome. I'm telling you guys, um, I'm so happy to have her on this episode today. So again, thank you, Renata. And our topic for today surrounds self-care, self-care for parents, self um, and how it helps your kids and impacts your kids. And yeah, we'll, we'll get right into it. Really, I feel like self-care, don't you think, Renata? It's been a buzzword, I feel like, especially with, the, um, with parents. It's definitely important. But I've been hearing a lot of um, it's important to have self-care. And if you're a parent and listening and tuning in today, you know that we don't have enough self-care for ourselves. So this is definitely a huge and important topic of how you can help make learning special for your little one. And um, Renata and I, we're both business owners. We work um, basically nonstop, I feel <laughs> I feel like, right? Um, we're both full-time moms and we definitely value that self-care. So Renata, um, just to give our audience a little bit more of a background information, how did you get into the wellness and nutrition um, industry basically and um, all that jazz as we go into this topic? Yeah, well, thank you for having me. First and foremost, I'm super excited to chat with you, especially since we know each other so well. I feel like this is going to be such a great conversation. Um, So I got started in nutrition really when my daughter was born. So like you mentioned, I have three kids. My oldest is Olivia, who is now 10, which is just wild to me. Like, how do I have a 10-year-old? digits. (laughs) And then I have twin seven-year-old boys, Dean and Harrison. So when Olivia was born, um, it was like a whirlwind, as I'm sure that you remember when Ace was born. Oh, yeah. You, I don't know how they send you home from the hospital with a kid, and then you're just expected to look after this human being with barely any, like, credentials, really. So <laughs> I <it> was, feel <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so it was a huge learning opportunity for me, and there were definitely lots of tears and lots of, like, amazing things that happened. Mm-hmm. But one... Thing that I noticed that didn't seem to be getting any better was it seemed like Olivia had a lot of digestive issues. Mm-hmm. So she would 
I mean, you know, little kids, infants have issues sometimes and they need to be burped or they have like some gas, which is normal. But I felt like with Olivia, it was worse. I felt like she had to be held constantly. She couldn't sleep unless she was being held. And then as a new mom, like if you have to hold the baby, like you're probably not sleeping as well. So I was sleep deprived. She wasn't sleeping well. She would cry so, so much. And I could just tell something was wrong. Then to top it all off, one day when I was changing her diaper, I found that there was blood in her, in her diaper. Oh, that's scary. Very yeah. scary. So I called our pediatrician and he is incredible. He listened to all my concerns. We went in to speak to him right away. And he said something to me that will forever be in my mind because I had never thought about this in, to, in this detail before. He said, since I am breastfeeding Olivia, that she may be allergic to something that I'm consuming that is then getting passed down to her through the breast milk. And so that might be causing her stomach discomfort, you know, obviously the crying and the issues with her being able to sleep, but to a greater extent, why she was seeing blood or I was seeing blood in her diaper. So of course, immediately I'm like, okay, what do we do? How do we fix this? And our pediatrician said, well, there's two ways. One way is to like basically get a blood sample from Olivia, send it off for allergy testing. And that will take some time. The second way is for me as the mother to start to eliminate some of the most common allergens from the foods that I'm consuming so that it won't get passed to her through the breast milk. And so I was like, let's do that one because that one seems like it's gonna be way faster than getting allergy testing done. Especially so the blood work, right? For little babies, <sighs> oh yeah. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So um, what they didn't realize at the time was that dairy is actually one of the most common allergens for infants. Mm -hmm. So sometimes if the mother is consuming dairy and it's getting passed down into the baby, they could be having an adverse reaction, which was you know, what I now realized Olivia was having. So I started removing dairy from my diet, which was of course like challenging at first because I really love cheese. I mean, cheese is delicious. Who doesn't? <laughs> but of course, as a mom, you're like, I'm going to do anything and everything I can for my child. So what was amazing was I started taking out dairy from my diet, continuing to breastfeed Olivia. And I saw a huge change happen from changing that one thing about what I was eating. And so she didn't have the stomach issues. She didn't cry all the time. She didn't have to be held. There was no more blood in her stool. And that was like a huge eye opener for me, not just because of the radical improvement in Olivia's condition, but also because I started to realize that I was feeling better too. So I started to notice that, you know what? I'm not feeling as bloated or as constipated or as fatigued as normal. So I started to put really these clues together and realized that perhaps the amount of dairy I was consuming or dairy itself was not having a positive reaction in me as well. But I only learned that when I started to, to try to figure out a way to help Olivia in her infancy and by removing dairy from my diet. So that's really how I got started with understanding more deeply around how food can either hurt or heal our bodies. And so I started to dive more into like vegan baking because I love to bake. And of course they don't use any dairy. And then I started the blog, which is nourishwithbernada.com where I shared lots of healthy recipes. And then really in COVID was when I started 
specifically working with women on nutrition coaching, because as you know, during COVID, you know, many moms are, were looking after everybody in their household. Like they were doing the homeschooling, they were cooking and cleaning and they were working. Yeah. Yes. And then trying to keep kids quiet when they're on zoom calls, like literally everything. And, um, it was so interesting to me because I remember distinctly another mom friend of mine came to me during COVID for help with her nutrition, because she said, you know, with everything going on with COVID, I just feel like I've been looking after everybody else so much that I've forgotten how to look after myself. And so that for me was really the solidification of this idea that nourishment, nutrition, food is the ultimate form of self-care. It's literally how we can look after ourselves from the inside out. Yeah. That's beautiful because what you put in your body reflects basically what you put out, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Definitely. I feel like why? Why is self-care so important? Why do we need it? Because there's burnout, right? And yes. also decreasing that burnout and helping with the longevity in life. Don't we want to see our kids when they are going to preschool, when they're going to new, into elementary, high school, all those things? And it helps us better handle our stressors as well. And a key element to that is even that nutrition, right? That nutrition yeah. piece and moving your body. So definitely, um, that is a key element. And we've talked about that uh, analogy before too, about you you want to fill your um, glass, you want to fill your cup, so you can in turn help um, fill your little ones and your family and everybody around you, their cups as well. Because if you're running on low, if your glass is not full, then it'll be difficult to even help other people. Yes. Or even that airplane analogy, um, yeah. putting your mask on before you put your child's mask on as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 100%. So but Renata, with, with self-care, I know nutrition is a big part of what you tell your clients and what you also exemplify. What other self-care strategies and you know self-care activities do you do? Yeah, well, there's so many. And that's why I love talking about self-care because it really is finding the method or methods that work well for you. And for me, things like having quiet time. So whether that be in meditation or breath work, I find that that really fills my proverbial cup. And in addition to that, sometimes it is going to be kind of the opposite end of the spectrum where it's spending time with friends or loved ones that I haven't seen in a while and having the ability to talk and really dive into some other topics. And so I found interestingly that there are lots of different ways for me to fill my cup depending on what I feel like in the moment. So sometimes it can be quiet times. Sometimes it can be speaking with friends. Sometimes it can be like the usual things like going out and getting a massage or sometimes it's just getting more sleep. Like sometimes as moms, I think you that name we, it. Yes. <laughs> we need more sleep and we try to push ourselves to the brink without realizing the huge impact that sleep can have on not only our mental cognition, not only our response to stressors, but also it affects our hormone balance in our body. It affects how well we hold on to weight. Um, and so there's so many benefits to helping you to have more sleep in addition to any of the other self-care methods that there are available. Yeah, definitely. 
And I know that you um, recently had experienced something and, you know, we have with our, along with the other friend, Lexi, shout out to Lexi, we have an accountability group. We meet um, basically weekly. Um, with each other. I know that this month, um, this year has been a lot of growth and a lot of busyness, but um, give us a little bit of a breakdown and your journey even this year and kind of um, what's been happening and how yeah. it really dives into self that self-care piece. Yes. So, you know, as you guys know now, I'm really into wellness, into looking after your body. And I thought for so long that I was doing all the things. Like I felt like I had that to-do list. I was meditating, I was reading, I was exercising, I was eating good. And I thought that that was enough in terms of making sure that I was healthy and happy, right? So what happened was earlier this year, I started to um, have some pain. And the pain was in a not usual place, I will say. I had pain basically in my right butt cheek. <laughs> and I thought- That information I did not know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought that the reason why I had this pain was because I had done like this amazing glute workout that a friend had sent me the previous day. And it was so good. And I was like, oh my gosh, my glutes are gonna be amazing after this. Well, then it was like a Friday morning and I was like, whoa, like I'm really, really in pain right now. And I was like foam rolling, I was stretching. I was like, man, I just really overdid it, you know? But the pain continued to get worse and worse throughout the day. And I was sitting here in, you know, in my office with a coworker and I didn't want to let on to her that I was having so much pain in my butt, right? So I was literally trying to sit on my left side, like trying to not put pressure on it. <laughs> and then surreptitiously also like trying to stand up as much as possible because I was in so much pain. I could barely sit. So finally, the end of the workday happens. She goes home. My husband comes back home and I'm like, you have got to look at my butt because something is wrong. Like, like I could feel then like a rash coming up and it felt like it felt like it was bruised around the rash. And I was like, I don't know what's going on. And so he looked at it and he's like, that rash looks really angry. And I'm like, oh no, that's not good. <laughs> So then he's like, okay, we got to call the doctor. So we had like teledoc, like the, the doctor on the phone instead of going somewhere. Um, and like the worst thing ever is with teledoc, you have to send a picture of. <laughs> yeah. This, this story is getting juicier and juicier. Okay. Keep going. <laughs> so my husband had to take pictures of my butt and the rash and like the bruising to send to the doctor, which is like one of the most embarrassing things ever. So then finally I get on the phone with the doctor about 30 minutes later and he takes one look at the photos and he says something that I literally never thought I would hear anybody say to me because I was so invested in health and wellness. So he says, you have shingles. And I was like, uh, what do you mean? And he was like, well, you know, you're a healthy person, like you're, you're young, you know, you look after yourself and everything. So yeah. I don't know why you have the shingles. I don't understand why this would be happening to you because you do all of the things that you know people are supposed to do when it comes to their health. So you need to follow up with your doctor after you finish these antivirals. And so I ended up taking the antivirals 
And it did help. I think it helped to stop the spread of the rash, which for anybody that hasn't experienced shingles before, it does come with a very painful rash that feels like, um, like pinpricks on your body. And sometimes it feels worse than that. The rash can appear in anywhere on your body. I know some people that have had it on their face, around their waist, on their arms and legs. And the thing is that immediately when the doctor told me I had shingles, it was like a light bulb went off. I started to understand why I had shingles. Exactly because what I was going to. Why? Why? Did yes. Yes. And so the reason that I believe I had shingles and why I had had an outbreak was because of stress. So while I may have been checking all the things off the list when it comes to self-care, I wasn't ultimately getting to the root cause of why I was experiencing stress. And so I had built up stress slowly over time, thinking I was managing it, but I really wasn't until it got to the point where my body literally was screaming out at me that things had to change. And so I started to go on this journey of, you know, finding what my stressors were, not only in the nutrition side of my life, but also mentally, spiritually, emotionally. What were the stressors? What were the things I wasn't facing? And then how can I heal from those things? So that was really how my year started, which was dramatic. <laughs> but ultimately, the reason why I ended up writing my, my book, which is called Heal Your Body, Mind, and Spirit, your ultimate guide to nourishing your body, transforming your mindset, and developing a stronger spiritual connection. Yes. So good, Renata. <laughs> Yeah, so if I know some people who've had shingles, maybe a couple of other people from you, and it was brought on a lot by stress, especially yeah. for a healthy individual as yourself. So I think you pointed out really wonderful things in there about mindfulness, about really taking a step back and um, knowing and assessing what is there that I need to change or what is there that I really need to enhance, right? especially for a um, nutrition guru like you, right? So anybody could go through this. That's um, also one big thing as parents, as moms and dads. So uh, I loved how you mentioned some of your really wonderful um, self-care practices as well. So for parents who are tuning in, who feel like they don't have a lot of time and um, who who want to um, practice these self-care things that we don't have time to go for um, dinner with our, our friends or go out to movies with your significant other. Some really great ways to be mindful, even just throughout the day, taking five to 10 minutes. One of the things that you told me, Renata, that I've been carrying over that's been wonderful is taking that time, even um, five minutes um, of your time and being just present and mindful of doing what you're doing. Like if you are having a cup of coffee, just saying thank you and being grateful for that cup of coffee and really using your different senses in enjoying that five minutes. You've mentioned meditation is a huge one. The um, ones that you've also carried over and mentioned before was breath work, tuning into your breath. You know, if you have an Apple watch, for example, it tells you, right? It tells you tune into your breath, okay? Actually listen to it because it can help you with that self-care, even if it's a simple five minutes of your day. Yeah, and um, gratitude is another one. Taking a five to 10 minute walk, 
is huge. I know you're huge on, with walking as well, Renata. I see it on your stories all the time. And if you haven't picked up a book in a while, reading can be very helpful. Journaling and just um, brain dumping yeah. <laughs> and writing. Beautiful, beautiful. Yeah, I love how you mentioned your Heal Your Body, Mind and Spirit. That is your new book I'm excited about coming out next week, actually. Right? Yes, yes, on 11-11. 11-11, guys. And this is your second book. Can you um, walk us through, actually, also on your first book? I have that, and it's, it's wonderful. There's some really awesome recipes in it. But, you know, just tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so my first book was called Nourish Your Body, a 30-day healthy and delicious meal plan. And so that book came about because one of the things that my clients loved were my meal plans. So I would create meal plans that you could meal prep easily that were delicious and also healthy and helped you to feel satiated. Because I feel like a lot of times when we're talking about dieting, for instance, you think that you have to starve yourself. And I find that that is not the most sustainable way of creating healthy eating habits. Instead, I wanted to be able to provide a meal plan that showed you could eat lots of healthy food, you could have it be delicious, and you didn't have to starve yourself or feel deprived. So when, when I was doing that nutrition coaching, I was like, well, why not just create a book with a meal plan in it for 30 days so that people who, you know, who needed some kind of format to help them kickstart their healthy living could do that. So like I said, it's four weeks of meal plans that you can meal prep that are healthy and delicious. And it's like lots of yummy foods, like lots of delicious smoothies, like a vanilla raspberry smoothie, a chocolate brownie smoothie. There's desserts in there like mug cakes. Um, there's also lots of amazing meals like the bun mee bowls, or there's like an Indonesian recipe in there for a steamed vegetable salad with peanut sauce. There's lots of curries and stir fries, as well as just like sheet pan dinners and you know lots of different things that are really family friendly too because I don't want you to have to become like a sous chef and make different meals for different people so I really aim to be able to provide recipes that are easy to make they don't take a lot of time and that everybody in your family can eat Yes. And that's one of the reasons why I love it as a mom. I'm not the best cook or I'm so it's, it's a nice way to even just um, have a breakdown of things. You know, they're, um, they're fresh, they're good for you, nutritious foods and recipes. And I just open her book up and look at what I want to make. And they even look really pretty too. You know, your um, salmon salad and things like that. Yeah. Really wonderful. So with all of this, I want to bring it back to our kids. You have three, I have one, and um, self-care, you know, how we basically have our self-care time and how that impacts our children and how they're going to be um, doing their self-care routines as well. You know, I always say in previous episodes that what we do, we project it onto our kids. And with even with us, when we're not watching, they're watching, they're watching us, they're imitating us. So what they see us doing with our self care routine makes such a huge difference on them as well. So, so what kind of things are you doing with your kiddos? Give us a few examples with the twins and Olivia, mm -hmm. and that has to do with self care and their routines as well. Yeah, well, I love that you mentioned that because I think it's not often that we think about 
that particular area of our lives and how it impacts our children. Like we think about what language we use, like no swearing at home, for instance, so that the kids don't say it at school. Or, you know, we think about various other aspects of life, but we rarely think about how are our self-care practices impacting how our children look at themselves mm -hmm. and create those healthy boundaries with others too. So what has been really fun is experimenting with sharing different self-care practices with the kids. So with Olivia, who once again is my oldest and she's 10, she's at the stage now where journaling has actually been really helpful for her. And I know that there are several other moms that have started their kids doing that too at that approximate age. Mm -hmm. So I've explained to her that journaling is a great way to get out your feelings that you may be holding onto for various reasons or to be able to work through why you're feeling a certain way. And so Olivia has like a little journal notebook that she keeps up in her room. And sometimes, you know, when she's even having a problem with one of her brothers, I'll say, you know, maybe you should go to your journal and just write some stuff out and see what happens. And it's been really cool to see her come back and be like, I do feel better after journaling. So oh, that's beautiful. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. So that's working really well. With all the kids, I have done a little bit of meditation with them. So sometimes it's like a couple of minutes, sometimes it's five minutes. And there's some great resources on like YouTube or Spotify that are free or low cost that you can start integrating with your kiddos. And it can be something as simple as just becoming mindful of your breath, having a little background music, and it doesn't need to be for long. But I do think that it's helpful, especially when, you know, I have one kid that can get um, very emotional at times. Like he tends to like something really small will happen and he'll have a big reaction to it. Mm -hmm. And so one of the things that we're using to help him to, to work through that big emotion is to have him come back to the breath, to have him to take lots of deep breaths, big inhales, big exhales, because oftentimes when we're upset about something, our breath gets more shallow, which is reducing the oxygenation of the blood, right? Mm -hmm. So with him, it's been really helpful to be like, okay, let's count to 10 while also breathing deeply. And this has been an interesting practice for him to start because I do find that over time he's getting used to it and it's helping him to manage the bigness of his emotions without having to you know, go into tantrums or screaming or things like that. Yeah, definitely. And that's one of the things I tell also for my kiddos who I see in sessions who have those very big feelings who are still learning how to self regulate, especially mm -hmm. for little ones, right? The breathing is really important. One of the tricks I have for little kids, and I use this with ACE too, is um, breathe the flower in and blow the bubbles out, either bubbles or blow the candle out. And they really have that visualization that is kid-friendly and up to their speed. And they know they love bubbles. They love blowing the candles out. So um, they can see that and um, take that take effect in that way, right? Mm -hmm. And that journaling piece we did um, in Making Learning Special, we did a podcast episode about gratitude. I forgot what episode it was, but I'll tag it to, um, on the show notes. But we talked a lot about gratitude and gratitude journals, even starting it early on with the little kids. Even last night, I was um, talking to Ace about uh, before bed. I was asking him, oh, what are you thankful for? What are you grateful for? And this time around, he's all like, I'm thankful for you bringing me to the 
park. And it's funny because I did not bring him to the park yesterday, but he was getting the point. He was understanding, you know, what he was thankful for and things like that. So that was really sweet that he was saying things like that yesterday. Um, I also loved how you mentioned healthy boundaries. That was one thing I wanted to mention as well, because even as adults, a few people that I even know don't have those healthy boundaries. It's hard for them to say no, or they just feel awful when they do, right? So Mm -hmm. even projecting this towards our kids and helping them know what healthy boundaries are. Like, you know, mommy's going to get her nails done. That's my self-care time. Sorry, I can't go with you to the park right now, maybe later. But healthy boundaries make such a huge difference. And that's something that that we build on for our kids. We may learn it later on in life once we start working, once this and that, but it's also a great way to help your child build this on when they're younger. Yeah. I agree. I think that like, it's really interesting because just like you mentioned, there's so many people that struggle with maintaining healthy boundaries, either with people or with food or with exercise, you know, it varies. Mm -hmm. And I think that it's been really helpful for me because I do recognize that I was one of those people that didn't have healthy boundaries with everything in my life. And so it was a process for me to be able to, you know, stick to those boundaries, especially with my kids. Obviously now my kids are older, so they are more self-sufficient than say like a newborn or a toddler. Mm -hmm. But at this particular age, it has been really helpful for me to say things like, you know, if I, for instance, I'm sitting down to have lunch and my kids want me to get up and do something, it's okay for me to say right now I'm having lunch. Can you wait till later to Mm -hmm. do X, Y, or Z? Or, you know, you know, I'm really tired right now. Could we do this another time? And I think it's really helpful for kids to see you um, display that you don't have to do everything for them at this age. Like they're capable of doing lots of things and it's still possible for you guys to have bonding time when you're both available for it. So developing healthy boundaries has definitely been something that is a process. And I do think it's important for our kids at the right ages to start to understand that like mommy's not here to be your maid. Mommy's not here to pick up all your clothes or all your toys when you're capable of doing it, as well as it's helping our children to become more and more self-sufficient and independent, especially as they continue to grow. Exactly. That is a huge one. And even you not feeling bad as a mom to be like, okay, I'm going to have somebody take care of my kids so I can have some time for myself and come back in a better and happier mood to be able to provide for my family. Yes, exactly. Yeah, that is a huge, huge one. So it all really comes back to the the mission and the purpose of why we have the, this podcast, Making Learning Special, is to help you as parents and as families to really build those con- meaningful connections and relationships with your little one. And what better way to do that but to also um, provide yourself with that opportunity to be filled with all these self-care things that you need to be filled with. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think that it's also important to mention, like, cause we talked about healthy boundaries. Mm-hmm. Part of healthy boundaries is also having healthy relationships with things like food, because what we don't mm-hmm. realize is that gets passed on to our kids too. So there have been instances where I've seen, you know, for instance, moms who have an, uh, I will say like not the best relationship with food. 
And so that may be in terms of binging, it may be in terms of restriction. Mm -hmm. And what's really fascinating is our kids pick up on that. Our kids pick up on- 100%. Yeah. yeah, they pick up on like, is this a quote unquote good food? Or is this a quote unquote bad food? Or if I eat that, I'm going to get fat. Like I've heard kids say these phrases. And it's heartbreaking. Than, it yeah. is. Yeah, more than likely because they heard a parent or an adult say those things, right? Mm-hmm. And so I, you know, because this is my work and I'm really passionate about having a healthy relationship with food and with your body, like that's mm-hmm. how we also start to instill a healthier outlook for our kids and how they look at food and how they look at their body image as well. So it's definitely been something that I've taught my kids about, like purposefully, intentionally, because I want them to understand the basics of nutrition. It's not really taught that much in school, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So they know about different ingredients. They know what's a protein, what's a fat, what's a carbohydrate. They know that if they're hungry, or then, you know, they should be leaning towards something that has protein in it. They know that, you know, candy, you can have candy, like that's not a problem, you can have candy. And we're going to have healthy boundaries with candy, knowing that, you know, it's a treat. It's not like a, I call uh, foods, instead of good foods and bad foods, we call them everyday foods, or sometimes foods. Because the other thing that we do, The other thing that we do as humans is like we call things good or bad. And then if we eat a good food, that makes us good. But if we eat a bad food, that makes us bad. And so looking at the language that we use around food is also important. And so that's why I choose to use like this is an everyday food. Like we have fruits and vegetables and nuts and seeds and proteins every day. Right. Mm -hmm. And then sometimes we have candy. So it's not making things off limits because I think the other thing is when we make certain food groups like candy- They want it more. (laughs) Exactly, yes. Well, even going back to a couple episodes ago where um, Zach had um, taken the lead on the show of five things that he wouldn't um, do as a nutrition and wellness dad kind of thing. It was like a trend on TikTok. He did talk about how we don't call things bad or good food. We have, I love that, everyday food or treat, you know, or once in a while food. We use um, nourishing food versus less nourishing food, for example, mm, yeah. um, is what we have. Like candy can give you energy, but as compared to having fruit, for example, what kind of energy will it give you kind of thing? So um, we've been starting that early on with Ace. And you had mentioned about how um, a couple things, how we perceive food and how we look at it. There's actually research studies behind that of when you're presenting food to your child and you have a funny look on your face, are you already are expecting your child not to like it? they're more more likely not going to try that food versus if you're having a pleasant um, face and knowing that they're willing to try it, they feel that energy, they know how it is. They might not um, be able to label it and say it, but they can feel it and they're, they'd be more likely to try that food when you're open to it as well. So that makes a difference. And another thing that you had mentioned is about good and bad. So that, it's, it's, they're words, right? They're words, but words can make such a huge difference. And we still use this, you know, oh, what a good boy or what a bad girl, things like that. But I actually, this is what I tell Zach and other people that, bad and good girl, we don't want to label our kid as being bad or good. They might be doing something that might not be um, a good behavior at that moment, but that's also another thing um, just 
your wording of labeling your something or your child bad girl or good girl is it's a whole new episode for that one but i just wanted to point that out how it does really relate back to food and nutrition because it really is linked to self-care you don't think so because we have to eat every day but being mindful of what you're putting into your body does affect your energy level overall does affect your sleep and all of these have they're interrelated right totally yeah. And the other thing to be mindful of too, especially as parents is how you talk about your body or how mm-hmm. you make, like, we often make comments without thinking that other people are going to absorb that, but our kids totally do. Right. Yeah. And so I know like with so many moms, especially after having given birth, and if you've had another child that's older, um, it's easy to look at your body and be like, why am I not bouncing back? right? How, why am I like, why is it so hard for me to lose weight? Why, 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 why? And then admonishing different areas of your body. And I, I just want to bring that to the forefront of the conversation too, because having a healthy relationship with our body shows our kids that we can have a healthy relationship with our body, that beautiful can be any size that you can be a work in progress and a masterpiece at the same time, right? Like there's always another level to our health and wellness and the way that we speak about our bodies to ourselves and, you know, as a result to our kids can greatly influence how they move through the world as they continue to grow as well. Yes, you are your child's first teacher, whether you want to be or not, whether you are directly portraying it or indirectly portraying it, you are definitely showing it to your child. There's so much really wonderful nuggets in this. We touched, we went through so many different things. I really hope you guys found a lot of value from this because Renata, um, you're a superstar. (laughs) And can you tell our audience where they can find you? Yes. So um, you can find me, my website is nourishwithrenata.com. And on there, you'll find lots of amazing, healthy and delicious recipes. There's lots of nutrition tips and guidance, as well as links to both of my books. Uh, You can find me on Instagram at nourish underscore with underscore Renata. And then I have a free Facebook group called Get Nourished with Renata, where this month we're, we're calling it Nourish November. So we're looking at all different kinds of ways that we can nourish our bodies, minds, and spirits. Yay. And again, guys, check out those two books, Nourish Your Body and um, Heal Your Body, Mind, and Spirit coming out next week. And if you guys found value from this, I'm your host, Madonna Laza-Smith. You could definitely find me on Making Learning Special, on IG, on TikTok, my website, makinglearningspecial.com. If you guys have any questions or would like us to cover any topics, please go ahead and write us a comment, message me, and we'll see you on our next episode. You guys have a great one.